wonderfully wild sounds of freak terrains on east village radio this is your host dj phil i am here with my co-host dj rachel hello and we are here celebrating what feels like the first friday of fall the weather's dip colds are being passed around our office uh we're all recovering from cmj week which was filled with good shows from our label crew and beyond yes dunian played and blew my mind and cola played and blew my mind <laughs> It was a great week last week and we're all recovering and we're here to play you some tunes, but predominantly play you some, some nice chats we had with a few of the artists in town. Yeah. Um, let's see. Phil spoke with Andrew Kidman, who uh, is the director and mastermind behind two amazing surf film soundtracks, Litmus and Glass Love, that are packaged in a box set and available now on Anthology Recordings, our reissue and print. Um, Andrew is a really rad guy. I'm looking forward to hearing that. It was great chatting with him. Um, and then we're gonna we're gonna give a call to our friends Pill, who are eagerly waiting by the phone for us to ring them up. They're the best. They have a seven inch coming out on Mexican Summer at the end of the month on a hol- or on October 30th. And lastly, we have Dunyan playing some of their favorite jams, stuff that they're playing for each other in the tour van. They're on tour in the U.S. right now. And uh, we were really pumped for them to come by and play some some records for us. 
Speaking of records, we started the show with a track called Nubian Queen by Michelangelo. It was on a seven inch that we released last year. And after that was an Ariel Pink track featuring George, Hang On To Life, that's George Elbert. That's also another seven inch that we released. We released a bunch of seven inches last in the past two years. And the pill one will make our first one in what feels like quite some time. Hmm. And coming up next, we're going to play a track called Babylon Nights by Farmer Dave Skurr. <laughs> I think it's Farmer Dave Scher. Farmer Dave Skurr. <laughs> Skurr. I'm sticking with Young it. Thug and Farmer Dave Scher <laughs> collaboration. That would be the Mexican summer dream. Cool. All right, let's blast it.
you're tuned to Freak Terrains on East Village Radio. That was Black Moth Super Rainbow with their track, Don't You Want to Be in a Cult. We put out that, that single a few years back, way before me and Rachel's time with the Mexican summer community. But I was a big fan of Black Moth Super Rainbow. When I first came to the office, it was cool to see that single out there. I was like, ah, damn, I wanted that. It sold out so fast. I'm new to that one. What'd you think? I liked it. Yeah? Spooky. Spooky. Yeah, BMSR do a lot of spooky vocoder, super psych, forest, shroomy tunes. <laughs> I love it. Before, you would. <laughs> I love the woods and mushrooms. Before that, we heard uh, Babylon Nights by Farmer Dave Sure. I think, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope you guys enjoyed that tune. Uh, Rachel and I were talking about how uh, there's somebody that we work with who we envisioned singing that song and we're not going to say who because we want to save him from the embarrassment but <laughs> you know who you are co-worker uh, so earlier on in the week I spoke with Andrew Kidman from his lovely home in Australia uh, unfortunately the time zone makes it kind of hard for us to talk to him on air so I pre-recorded a little chat with him about the, gl- the glass love and litmus box set that we just released a few weeks back uh, the box set is available now. If you go to MexicanSummer.com, you can scoop it up while supplies last. They won't, so scoop it up now. That's a beautiful box set with two vinyls and a 100-page full-color booklet with pictures and quotes and essays and lots of things for you to feast your eyes on uh, this weekend. So make sure you scoop it. Anyway, time to go into this interview. Andrew, thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to come on air and speak with us on East Village Radio. Yeah, no worries. How's, how's life in Australia currently? Uh, it's pretty good. Um, it's summer, summertime here, so it's, everything's getting pretty hot. It gets really hot and the winds get really strong off the ocean. So Yeah. Are you from Australia originally? Yeah, I, I grew up in um, Sydney, so like in... in um, New South Wales, which which is probably like the biggest metropolis right. in Australia, really. So yeah, I grew up there. And where do you live now? Um, I live on the north coast, which is up near. Um, I mean, kind of near Byron Bay, but we we live out in the we live out in the hills, like more in the country than on the coast. So I imagine yeah. it's quite beautiful. Yeah, it's really beautiful. So two weeks ago. Uh, we at Anthology Recordings released a box set that includes two records of scores that you wrote for two films that you that you shot and produced. These yep. two films being Litmus and Glass Love. Uh, and the yep. box set is available now and includes a beautiful 100-page booklet with photos, memories, an interview with you, and lots of other goodies about, uh, about the two projects. For people listening at home who might have never heard of you or litmus or glass of can you give can you give our audience a very basic rundown of what this this project is yeah sure i mean litmus litmus was like the first uh film that i was involved with which was like back in 95 and um i made that with a couple of friends uh john frank and mark sutherland and um we wanted to uh have the score before we went out on the road to make the film. So, and we, I mean, we all played a little bit of music. So, um, 
and we sort of had ideas about how we wanted the film to look and sound. So, so we went into the recording studio and and um, we recorded stuff like in a day, basically. Like we just we took um, we had the studio for the day and and we had um, we had all the stuff was really well rehearsed because we were doing it all live. So, and we yeah we just tracked. We we ended up recording like 35 songs there, which was pretty pretty crazy really but but um but and then you know that sort of that they were the original songs that kind of made up the soundtrack of litmus and and um there was a guy kevin baker that came in on the day as well who was a he was the father of um a really good friend of mine that passed away and he he came down and he he played the flute on the opening track rain which is really beautiful and um and then he had this song that he'd written he, you know Kevin was a really he's a great uh, folk folk singer songwriter from Australia and he had this uh, great song Riding the Wind that he he wanted to record with us and um, yeah he he played that and we we all did the backing vocals on it and that ended up being the closing track on Litmus and it's a super beautiful song yeah so that's kind of how that that's sort of how that started it's pretty uncommon for the music to come first before a film is, is even shot. What made you guys decide to do that, to, to work in that, in that way? Um, I think visually we already knew what we wanted the film to look like. John and I had pretty strong ideas of what we wanted it to look like and how we wanted to convey it. At that time, surf films, were, they were sort of driven by this kind of like, just sort of thrash Californian punk music a lot of the stuff that was coming out which I mean I wasn't interested in trying to make a film like that so we, we definitely have ideas about what we wanted our film to look like and sound like so I think visually we already kind of knew what it looked like so that that way we were able to go and score the music to it does that make sense yeah yeah so we were yeah and it, and it helped us like while we're, while we're on the road because we had those songs like sitting there we, we were able to like film stuff and then think about it like it's almost like you were editing in your head, like you knew. Okay, we can use, we could use that song. And it was, yeah, it was fun because there was things that actually ended up getting used that we 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 never would have thought would have been put on there, but but um, we had them and they and they just made sense, so they they ended up getting on there. Can you talk a bit about the Val Desti experiment, which is the band that you started? I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it, you started for the Litmus recording. You did it all in a day. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, we—I mean, Valdosti Experiment was just like this kind of loose band of friends, really. That I mean, we—I was traveling up the north coast, like with John, and you know, we were all playing music. We just sort of started up this little band in a house and and started going and playing around at open mics and stuff like that. And you know, the songs were just kind of sparse, minimalist songs that you could play on acoustic guitars, but but it just started up from that, you know, and. and and that's what Valdosti Experiment sort of became this moniker that you could sort of do anything under because it had the word experiment in there. Yeah. So it was just loose. It was just super loose. And yeah, like, I mean, on the day that the 35 songs got recorded, it wasn't wasn't just us that did it. It was like we just basically invited all our friends that knew how to play music to come in if they wanted to and put a track down, you know. So so that, that ended up making, it, making up what the recordings were, so... And it's nice. You also you also have some quotes from from Wayne and Derek on on the record too. Right? Yeah, I mean, I thought I just thought when you do a soundtrack, I think 
like Litmus had all these kind of classic quotes in it, uh, you know, people talking about, about what surfing meant to them or or what life meant to them. And if you're driving around in your car listening to the soundtrack or, you, you know, or you're at home or whatever, if you haven't actually got the film on, it kind of puts you in that place of those people talking or... Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, Limits is it's a pretty raw soundtrack. I think you know, just just because of like, you know, us being so young, playing music, and then an act like the Screaming Orphans. Like we record, we recorded that in our lounge room, like just on a really really bad um, video camera microphone. So you don't have this like incredible quality with the sound, but it's more the spirit. So I, I think that I think the quotes kind of carry it. You know, like they they put you in that place. Shade as fuck to ask you about your feelings towards surfing and what it means to you. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's different for everybody. You know, like surfing probably means something different to everyone, just because they have a 
everyone has their own sort of unique relationship with it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, mine changes daily, basically, just depending on what the surf is doing or whether I'm taking my kids down or whether I'm not what not surfing at all, but I'm making a surfboard for some future thing that I'm thinking about. So, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, it's it's very similar to music. I think it's, I mean, every musician has their own unique way that they play music or want to express themselves through that kind of art form and surfing's very similar I think you know whether you're a guitar player or a piano player or a singer or whatever you know surfing's kind of the same because you've got all these different kind of surfboards or ways that you can ride the waves or just you know sometimes not even surf you just mind surfing it by watching it so it's sort of it's something that um like music you can do forever and you know in any kind of capacity really so I mean you don't have to be young and bulletproof you know you can be old and barely able to walk but you can still get out there and enjoy the ocean so it's sort of yeah it's ever changing really so, which is I think that's why I'm so enamored by it because it it, it does change it just cha- everything changes every day with it so yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's endless it's it's interesting to me to hear you, you compare surfing to to something like making music or, or similar forms of, of creative expression because as someone who has no experience surfing and I'm not even that very good of a swimmer it's it's interesting to hear that for you surfing is just as expressive as writing a song or or uh, making a surfboard even you know it's still um, there's a quality to it that is very similar to making art mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean it, feel, it feels like that to me I mean with music like you might play a song by yourself or you might write a song by yourself or or you might do it with friends, you know, like you might join join uh, together and try and some kind of song that, you, that you're all inspired by. And surfing is similar, you know, like you you might do it by yourself and you might just be enjoying that, that kind of inner relationship that you have with an ocean on a, on a piece of equipment that, that you've either built yourself or you've kind of customised to to ride the waves on or, or, or sometimes you go down and you share it with friends and, and it's not even so much about your own experience, it's just sort of sharing it with other people. So it's a real similar thing to, to me anyway. Well, ten years after Litmus, the soundtrack and film came out, you mm-hmm. made Glass Love and whereas Litmus was very much, at least the score, was very much a collaborative and group project, Glass Love, the music is all you. What what inspired that that shift from a collaborative to a solo endeavor? I mean, it was still it was still the uh, music from Glass. I was really collaborative too because we had a lot of other musicians playing on it. And um, I mean, Litmus was sort of us being young and and wanting to and not really having any idea about what we were doing, but trying to do something. You know, right. but, I mean, as kind of time evolved, like the guys that I did do. Litmus with, you know, they moved on and did their own things too, you know, like we, everyone kind of got better at, at their craft maybe, so, and I mean, I just, I just kept playing music, so it was, one, it was something that, that, um, you know, I was super interested in, I'd, I'd done a lot of, um, I'd, I'd done more recordings and put out, put out records, so I kind of, I was definitely moving in, in that direction, I guess, so, and I had, I had some new ideas for, Glass Love, so, and I already had, I had these songs too, so, 
So that's sort of what made that up, you know. It was, yeah. it was probably more, I mean, Glass Love was probably a more personal film because I didn't really have someone else to make it with, you know, like Litmus I made with John Frank and Mark. But um, Glass Love, it was more something I was doing on my own because those guys weren't really around and, and um, I just sort of, I just, yeah, it was probably a more personal thing. And I think, that, I mean, the record kind of feels like that too, I think. It's more focused. How do you think your your more personal connection to Glassler changed the way the film looks compared to Litmus? Well, it's different. It's different because it's just it's just me. I mean, I did everything on Glassler. Like I shot all the footage and you know I made all the music and it was sort of by myself. So I kind of it's it's de it's definitely different. I think Glassler probably a little softer and you know the music's definitely better. Like I, I mean, I think that the music's a lot better on Glassler than Litmus, but that's only because you know, I was older, yeah. <laughs> and I'd you know I'd spent more time. You know, I'd, I was ten years down the track of playing music and developing music with musicians that are, that were that were really good. You know, so I think that music definitely better. Since 63 
Could be those times that changed Still nothing stays the same The old man sings the blues In the pouring rain Thank you. 
could you tell us a bit about what projects you were involved with or, or what you're what you were you're working on during those 10 years between litmus and glass love i was <laughs> i was just playing music <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean i was living i was living in california like I mean, yeah, it was a struggle because I mean, Litmus, Litmus didn't get much traction around the world when it first came out. It didn't really. Um, I mean, we, you know, obviously we had ideas that it was going to be a good film and and people were going to get it and and um, it might help us with our careers and stuff like that. But but it didn't really do that at all. It just sort of kind of came out and and um, and then disappeared really. So I mean, we were kind of all left with without any work and. So I just, I mean, I was just, I was living in California at the time, and I was, I was just playing music really, with just with a couple of friends, and just work, working on a record, and you know, I guess gestating ideas for Glass Love. Like some things happened that I thought during that time that I really needed to document as part of a, as part of a film. I mean, they were kind of random things that happened, but but I still documented them, and they ended up becoming part of Glass Love, which which sort of. I think gave the film a, an interesting feel because it was shot over such a long time. So, but yeah, no, just playing, just playing music, working on a record, really. Yeah. Which I came, you know, then I came back and I was in Australia and I ended up recording that record. You know, in, in Sydney with this guy Brad Thompson, who was who was the same guy that um, set up the original Litmus recordings too. So. What 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 stuff are you working on now? What's your what future projects do you have? Is there anything on the pipeline that you can talk about? We've had a band together down here now, like in Australia, like the Windy Hills. We've been together ten years now, so that band's kind of developing like really interesting music, I think. So, um, I, you know, I was talking to Keith last year when I was in New York about coming over and doing some stuff at the studio there. So hopefully we can the band can sort of get itself sorted out and, and get an album written and then come over and do that. It's something I'd really love to do. So That would be amazing. Um, yeah, I think, I think it'd be really, like, I mean, I love spending time in New York as much for the surf over there as the beach culture and, and um, the city. So I'd, I'd love to come and actually spend like a productive time there doing music. I think that'd be great fun so and if we you know we just we have to work out a way we can sort of do it because Australia's a long way away but I think if we were able to um kind of put our heads down as a band and and um write a really good record here and then come over focused we could probably do it I think so you know and same thing just working on a film off the back of it you know like I like same thing as Glass Love I've got things I'm just chipping away on so nice so my, my last question for you is, where is your favorite place to surf in New York? Oh, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's something about that coastline, you know, like from Jersey right through to, to um, even up to Montauk, you know, just the, the beaches there and the, the way the light kind of hits the ocean. It's, yeah, I don't know. I love I love being there, you know, especially in the especially in the winter time or the fall. The beaches kind of empty out a bit, and it's it's not, it's not even so much about the surfing. It's just sort of hanging around that kind of briny ocean. It's very different to here. So, right. Like we have this kind of really blue, kind of crystalline 
city where we live, so New York's kind of it's almost like the opposite to that. But I but I really like it. <laughs> it's uh, it's grimy here, that's for sure. Yeah, it's grimy, but it's not. I mean, people always go on about how filthy the water is, but I don't see that so much. You know, I kind of I think it's more like it's more silty because it's got a um, the sand's finer, like, and you've got this kind of muddy undercore. It's not. It's not. I don't think it's pollution. I love spending time on the coast out there. It's something. I love the seagulls. They're huge. Yeah, <laughs> we don't, we don't, yeah, we don't have seagulls like that. <laughs> but you have yeah. more. Uh, you have more marine life that's bigger than ours. I mean, you guys have got some of the biggest great whites going past, going up to like Cape Cod on the planet. You know, so I'm not. Sh- and you know, you guys, and you have those striped bass that are just massive. <laughs> 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 I, yeah, I, I mean we have we have all the same things, but they're just different. They're just slightly different, you know. Yeah. So. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time. It's been a pleasure yeah. and an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. That was me talking with Andrew Kidman for quite some time. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, if, if you're listening now, well, make sure you uh, you tweet us at Mexican Summer and let us know if the interview was good. And if you have any questions for Andrew Kidman, maybe we'll get him back on the air. Uh, as he said in the interview, he's going to try and come to New York soon. And what I would love is to have that that dude come through the studio and play a live set for y'all. Um, but yeah, hit us on the socials. Make sure you let us know how the show's going and what you guys think. This is our sixth, sixth show with East Village Radio, and we'd love to get some feedback from y'all about what we can do better. If you want us to play more tunes, you want us to play more interviews, you want us to get more more live acts in, holla at your boys and your girls. <laughs> I miss right. summer. Um, so now we're going to go to a convo with John, our buddy who plays guitar in a band called Pill that we just signed to Mexican Summer. Um, they're putting a seven inch out um, on October 30th. Uh, John, are you are you there? I'm here, Pill Pop headquarters on the horn. Pill Pop HQ. What's up? How's it going? It's great. Cool. This is this is Rachel and Phil. Hey, John. We're calling hey, you from the East for Village. Thanks Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you could take our call. How's the how how are things in Pillland? Oh, Pillland's going hard. <laughs> Have you guys we're, been playing a lot of shows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have some shows coming up, uh, mainly uh, Vassar this Thursday. So everybody, uh, you know, get in a car, drive three hours north, and come <laughs> see us back at college. Uh, but we're gearing up for this, like, uh, the single release show, which is going to be a huge show on Halloween. Very ghoulish. I'm very really sp- stoked about that. It's going to be amazing. It's with Container. It's with our friends in Gorilla Toss. It's multiple album release parties. It's Halloween. It's, uh, you know, it's going to be a fright night. There's going to be crazy wild dancers there. What kind of It'll costumes be very... can we expect from Pill? Oh, man. We've been going, we've been racking our brains for the perfect idea. I wanted to personally do, uh, I wanted all the guys to be nuns and poor. Uh, 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 Veronica to be a priest, but that's a little too involved. <laughs> so you guys are going to do like an ensemble for some 
costume together. Yeah. Oh man, we we've been through so many ideas. Maybe we'll just get up there in like all nude latex paint. Yeah. That seems that seems right. Yeah, you never know until you step on stage. <laughs> the costume what disappears. What you're going to look like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Where is the show going to be, John? The show's at Palisades and it's like a uh it's an early show but uh in Palisades fashion it's going to go super late. Awesome. So and then after that, you guys are touring with Parquet Courts, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Um, I'm very excited to get on the road with friends. They're good buddies of ours. Yeah, they put um, out your first tape. Yeah, Andrew uh, Savage uh, from Parquet Courts. Uh, Head Soul Tools with Chris Pickering from Future Punks. And they were uh, very early supporters of Pill. So we're really happy to like be taken on the road cool um, by those guys so we're gonna play some of some of y'all's tunes we're gonna play hot glue the a side to awesome. your upcoming seven inch but um for those for those who are listening and don't know the the majestic force that is pill what can what can <laughs> people expect from your from your shows oh man pill has been described as a as a garbage truck with no brakes. <laughs> it's been it's been described as a fucked up blues journey through the middle of a of a neon pool. Full of, uh, full of green slime. It's, I think what what people love about these shows is just like raw force. You know? Yeah. Um, most of the time Sure, we really rehearse our songs and we play them all the time and we're very familiar with them, but we're also uh, extremely keen on making each and every show very special. So I've had people tell me that we sound different at multiple shows, and I think uh, some groups would consider that a bad thing. Inconsistency is a bad thing, but I think we're really striving to make each one different and special in its own way. So for that, you can get excited. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like, uh, yeah, you guys are definitely uh, four musicians who are really in sync with each other, and it makes sense that it would kind of just be this ever-evolving set rather than this, like, yeah. repeated thing. Yeah, well, we're just not really neurotic about, um, you know, screw-ups or uh, looseness actually benefits the music. Yeah. Um, which isn't... <laughs> Which isn't really typical. Uh, so we never really, uh, you know, we're not going to get pissed off at each other on stage if we screw up. But, um, yeah, that said, we always we always have as much fun as possible. So. Cool. Well, um, we're gonna put on we're gonna put on hot glue, and thanks so much for taking our call, John. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, come out, babies. We'll see you at the show. <laughs>
that was hot glue. Dang. Pill. Hot as fuck. Yeah, that track is so good. I'm so stoked for that Halloween show. I'm going to have to come up with a really insane costume. Yeah, Halloween at Palisades with a cr- pretty crazy lineup. Container, Gorilla Toss, yeah. Pill. Mm-hmm. I think a couple more bands Sick. are thrown in there. It's going to be a crazy night. Yeah, make sure you guys come through. Um, what is that? Next Friday? Next Saturday? Yeah, Shit. next Saturday. Damn, Halloween. Running out of time. And it's almost the holidays, and then it's cold, and then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Come on, Phil. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We'll be fine. Keep it posy. Keep it posy. I can't wait for winter. I love Christmas. Me too. <laughs> also Hanukkah. <laughs> and every other holiday. <laughs> So, um, Dunian was here last week. They played a show at Baby's All Right with Quilt, another one of our bands. And it was so, so insanely good. Um, I'm a longtime fan of this band, um, even before I started working at the label. Um, and, and it was, it was really such a dream come true to get to see them live. While they were in town, we sat with them in our recording studio at Mexican Summer HQ and they played some records for us, and we just talked about music that they are into and um, selections from their record collection. It was a really fun interview, so we're going to play that for you now. Dunian has a LP out on Mexican Summer. Currently, it's called Alas Sac. Um, it's available in the web store on beautiful cherry red vinyl. Ooh. Yeah. Um, anyway, keep it locked. Freak Terrains, East Village Radio, here's Dunian. We'll be back. Well, welcome to the studio, guys. I'm really glad that you're here. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Sure. Uh, I'm Reine Fiske. I play uh, guitar with Dunian. Yes, I'm Gustav Eistis, and I am actually Dunian. <laughs> no, I play keyboards and sing and try to write songs. And I'm Matthias and I play the bass. Great. Well, how's your US tour going so far? It seems like every show has been sold out. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. It's uh <clears throat> I am uh, so humble for the fact that we haven't been around for like we haven't been here in five years and it's uh, people show up and are so enthusiastic. It's amazing. When we were in um, DC, there were a, a woman who had been traveling for 10 hours to get to the show. Oh, wow. That's from Toronto? From Yeah. Was yeah. that in DC or was it Philadelphia? No, that was probably Philadelphia. Yeah. That's uh, like these stories. Oh, it's amazing. Like and a couple, uh, he proposed to her on, yeah, the, on the show. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was so amazing. Yeah, yeah so. tell us tell us that story. Tia knows yeah. more about that. Well, it was this uh, man, Ignacio. He uh, uh, sent us a message a few months back, and he just like explained how he had been a fan forever. And he had this woman that he loved, and he wanted to propose to her at our show. So he asked if that was okay, and... You said of no. course. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I mean, I think it's cute. It's very cute. I I don't understand it, but it's cute. Very cute. If he wants to do it, and I'm sure that would be like some sort of effect to the whole situation. So he did that. And they were, I mean, they were really f- nice overwhelmed people. Yeah. by the whole thing. 
Well, talk about like waiting months to see a show. Yeah. It's like the anticipation of proposing. Yeah. Yeah. What if she would have said no? Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> as soon as I met them, it was just like, okay, that won't happen. They were... Uh, the uh, one of these uh, couples where you just like instantly see that they love each other right and like thoroughly just love each other but she w- was in such shock yeah. on stage she really because he went down on his knees and he gave her the ring and she just took the ring and just looked at it and was like what's this what's going on <laughs> what are you doing it? what am i here for <laughs> and then he was just he he kind of thought he was uh, done so he started walking off stage and she was still just like having the ring like, <laughs> and she looked at me and I I just walked over to her and was like, you're getting married. Like, I am? Yes, you're getting married. Like, I am. All right. <laughs> and then you guys just kept playing. Yeah, yeah. sort of. Yeah. Cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it seems like, uh, I guess Reyna was saying last night that the response and the overall mood has been extremely positive and everyone just seems really enthusiastic. That's really cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was um, I was reading a little bit about you guys and the band and everything before this, and and I guess like a good starting point maybe is just the title of the record being everyone's thing, and that story I feel like kind of resonates with the overall mood of just the sense of like community or something that totally. that seems to grow out of the live experience at least, and definitely. The yes. record. <clears throat> it was a friend of me who told me that as soon as the the song is is done, uh, or uh, as soon as the the record is recorded, the song is recorded, then it's no longer your own song. It's it's like you have a responsibility for them who hears it. It becomes like their song as well. When I g- play the songs with you for the first time, is then it's your song also then we record it and it's you hear it and it's your song yeah that's the philosophy that's yeah that's a really interesting ethos i feel like um is there is there music that you feel like you've heard that has had that kind of effect on you and your life or yeah for sure i mean all all these songs that we try to put together here for this program is like they're they're our songs yeah what do you what do you have in store for our listeners today bo hansen elika frisell she's a violin player yes folk uh, music player I picked a Norwegian uh, jazz uh, yeah you could call it almost jazz Uh, he's called Terje Rypdal guitar player Awesome. Well, I would I would love to start with that Bo Hansen yes. track, maybe. It's um, so hard to pick a song from his catalog. He is uh, a composer that I return to all the time. Right. That I discovered when I was 17 years old, and it's um, and it's like organ-based music, though. There's a lot of instruments, so I don't know to pick one song that is like represent for his music I don't know it's very hard but I picked the song called Elidor which is a beautiful tune from his second solo album F- funny thing I, I named my daughter after the song her oh, name wow. is Bonnie but he's also he also named Bonnie Elidor oh wow that's amazing well maybe we should listen to that song and then come back okay stay tuned stay t- stay with us <laughs> Thank you. 
cool and with that track um there was definitely like some noticeable uh similarities with like the flute and mm-hmm. kind of just that like growing sound mm-hmm. like sonically yeah. do you feel that Dunyan is like part of the lineage of of like trad grass and all of these like swedish i don't know i mean it's, it's uh, this way of playing or i don't know what it is but I mean, I meet people who like, oh, how does it feel to like be a part of uh, the new psych thing? Like, uh, their bands like truly influenced by you guys. Uh, how does it feel? I mean, I don't know. I met like, I've been talking to Kevin Parker and Taming Pala about uh, like, there's something more like parallel going on than it's like we are like biting each other. Yeah, like the term psychedelic gets thrown around so much yeah. with yeah, press surrounding Dunyan mm-hmm. and Tame Impala and all of these bands, but kind of in a similar way, it's like, does that word, what does that word even mean anymore? Yeah, because it's not yeah. part of the time no, no. as much as it was, you know, four yeah. decades ago. Yeah. Or right. So, Reina, do you have another pick for us? Yeah, there's so many songs, but I mean, uh, I e- very easily fall for songs that are uh, extremely like uh, like epic songs. <laughs> That's what I collect in a way. And one of those is, uh, I think, uh, the Common People that made one LP on Capitol Records in 1969, I think. And cool. David Axelrod was involved in the project, making like the string arrangements. But then his wife was uh, in a terrible car accident during the recordings, so he only like made the the string arrangements for three of the songs. Oh, interesting. And those three songs are like connected, right? Uh, as a, like a mini symphony thing, like the first three tracks on the LP. And one of those is called "I Have Been Alone." Trying to make 
I remember when I heard that track, I was at a friend's house in Bagamossen called Rune, and he we made like a collection tape. Then I went home, and I listened to this song like constantly, like until like seven in the morning. I wow. just couldn't stop listening to this song. Oh, that's amazing. One of the most beautiful songs ever made and recorded. I don't know if I've ever stayed up until 7 a.m. listening to one song over and over again. But You've never? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I need to find my 7 a.m. You should l- song. live a little. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> what are some other like Swedish bands from that era that people should know about? Mickey Markman is definitely one of them. Yeah, yeah. Mickey Markman. Mickey Markman. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. I mean, Arbete och fritid. Arbete och fritid, which means uh, work and leisure. Work and leisure. <laughs> cool. Yeah, just check out, uh, like... Eliana Strängård. Yes, check out the label Silence and yeah. just go through their catalog. Yeah, and of course, like subliminal sounds. Nice. Um, well, do you want to play another another selection for us? The St. Anthony's Fire, the song Get Off. sounds like they, they work in the factory and it's just life is just shitty and they're taking a lot of drugs and yeah we're gonna make this album and it, it's a private pressing on zonk right like i mean this is classic but it's just like it, it sounds like they're like bikers yeah. and just or the guys yeah. that were listening to them were obviously like bikers yeah. or fuck right. yeah music yeah, yeah. but it, <laughs> but it's so 
It's like dirty, aggressive, flipped out. Nosebleed. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. There was like this myth that the guitar player sort of dis- disappeared after the recording and shot himself or something, which well. isn't true. But I mean, it's just a typical thing. What, what year myth. did this record come out? 1970, I think. What other um, American bands from that era are you guys into? Oh, there's so many. Oh, yeah, there's so <laughs> many. Recently, I actually sort of discovered uh, Glass Harp, cool. the Christian rock band. Oh, wow. That's kind of an amazing corner of, of the record collecting world is like... Mm strange christian rock <laughs> records yeah, yeah. some yeah. of them are i mean amazing but some of them are very i mean like search party is one of the most amazing christian yeah. records I search think. party i don't know that one uh well, montgomery uh, chapel is called yeah and that uh, nun party no not nun party <laughs> <laughs> nun party <laughs> There should be a Christian band called yeah. the Non Party. <laughs> there must be. But speaking of Christian, um, the so-called Christian thing, <laughs> there's one song I actually bought this album from Paul Major in New York like oh, cool. six or seven years ago. Me and Stefan was at his place in Harlem, and um, he just happened to have a copy of this album, mm-hmm. and I just had to have it because I heard like two tracks from that album that it was I mean the most amazing songs I ever heard sort of and he eventually sold it to me and I but I had to pay two hundred dollars for it oh, shit. <laughs> and then I found another copy on eBay actually for twenty two dollars oh no that I gave away to a friend but you did the right thing yeah yeah so but, which uh, record is that uh, he's called Justin Rees Justin Reese. Oh, uh, T.S. is freaking out. Yes. The album is him. It's him. He was actually from England. And he he was actually a pilot working for like an aviation company. But he recorded two albums, I think, in, this, in like the early 70s. or I think this is from 1969 or something. What is this record called? Uh, the album is called If They Only Knew. And it's a picture of him standing on Times Square with an acoustic guitar. Like, oh, wow. If They Only Knew. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and the track is called And Then the Rain Came Down and, and it's just rain. an amazing song yeah. I have an island in the sun where I can run when life's no fun and I feel low And there's a beach where I can lie and slowly die and softly cry and tears may flow. And there's a well where I can drink and thoughts can think and life can sink into the visions of my mind. But then the rain came down
And there's a castle in the sky where I can fly when I am high and all alone. Where turrets gleam with thoughts serene of life unseen, where no one's been, so nothing's known. There's a cell where I can hide And let the tide of life go rushing by Without my tuning in But then the rain came down Turning in a wheel that's quite unreal Where fact and feel seem hand in hand My feet walk firm upon the sod But there by God where others trod On truth I stand What does it matter what I feel When God is real and he can heal All the wanderings of my mind He makes the rain come down It's just like a gentle stroke that <laughs> oh just God. never ends. Oh. Wow. So what else What else is being played in the Dunian tour van? Yeah, there's, I mean... A lot of hip-hop, actually. Lot of, not, not so much this time, but, uh, <coughs> but yes. Uh, but I would, like to, to, um, I would like to announce that we, the, the goddess of infinite, Love, love, and life, and <laughs> I don't know some kind of supernatural <laughs> human being is Joni Mitchell. She is like, I don't know wh- wh- how that be- how it, it's possible to like have one person She's having all this music, and it's like impossible to pick one song from her catalog because everything is basically good. It's, yeah, she's like definitely. She's God. I just got into the hissing of summer lawns oh, recently. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why that was off my radar, but we have picked. Oh, you did from that record, Edith and the Kingpin. Oh, oh, amazing! That's like also like a condition you're in. Yeah, like 
you want to you want to stay there right i want to bathe in it totally shove it up my nose <laughs> i want to shove it, it up my day. nose <laughs> with shove that my nose. <laughs> What is the name of that track? Edith and Edith and the Kingpin. Edith and the Kingpin. I also have this like love for like uh, Chicago 
that band, like the early Chicago, is a little bit like similar to that, you know, the, with the horns and this like. Wait, will you say that again? Chicago, the oh, band yeah. Chicago. The band Chicago. Yeah, like the earlier, earlier. Chicago Transit Authority. Yes, yes. that's the word called from the beginning. But um, it's like the, the Americans that were that not were hippies. Right. <laughs> like weird suits and rings and like. But that song, that song they did with the Beach Boys, it called um, "Wishing You Were Here." It's so nice. I don't yeah, know if I've amazing. ever checked that out. And that video clip when they're like doing it and they Beach Boys had like their suits and like they're so good looking from like 1974 from like a New Year's Eve celebration. Oh, cool. And like Terry Kath has like a tuxedo. <laughs> it's, like, they're so rich, like, going so well for Chicago. And there's like and they're doing these harmonies. Well, we should listen to that, too. Yeah. 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 Sleepless hours and dreamless nights and far 
Caribou Ranch, they moved there like for this album with their producer like in Midwest somewhere and there's like this incredible live sh shots on YouTube. Chicago did? Yeah, the band. Yeah, they lived on this Caribou Ranch and recorded and like had these shows out there in wow. the ranch. Wow. And they're like, I mean, just funny to look how people are like dressed. It's yeah. Like, it's like I said, like those Americans who were not hippies. Right. Like rich 70s <laughs> people yeah with like their gold watch and yeah gold like, watch yeah. and like cowboy <laughs> like more like yeah and yeah. like sunglasses that are faded right. like yeah reina do you have another, another <laughs> pick uh yeah of course um there's so much music that you would like to play but um at least i'm very influenced by the scandinavian scene from the late 60s and early 70s sure and one of those bands and an amazing track is uh, the Finnish group called Kalevala. What and is it? Kalevala. Kalevala. They, called. they were like a progressive hard rock band from cool. Finland. Awesome. Uh, and Kalevala is also the name of uh, the Finnish, like, um, what's the word for it? Like a national tale. Epos. Yeah, the yeah. national epos, sort of. The national what? It's like the, the story of Finland. Oh. The constitution. No, it's not like a... It's more like a fairy tale. Yeah, it's like the oh, fairy tale, the origin of Finland. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm -hmm. But this song is from their now Ultra Mega Super Air album called People No Names. People um, No Names. And uh, the track is called In The Net.
One song that I would, no, yeah, yeah. It, it also one hero that I have been always returned to is a fixed twin. Oh wow, yeah. From Cornwall, 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 yeah, yeah, mm. better in England. Oh yes, he's South he's also England. like God. He and if I mean if a fixed twin and Joni Mitchell had a baby, that'd be a weird baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, enough. That okay. baby would have like the widest grin in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and right? like long blonde hair. <laughs> yeah, but they both have quite like the big mouths. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe that's Is the, secret that the secret to being a brilliant musician. If I did like, a plastic a surgery, like get a bigger grin, yeah, maybe I would slit like them open. <laughs> yeah, do better music. I What's tried his real name now again? Richard D. James. Yeah. And he had a twin. 
Oh, really? That Brother? died at when he was born. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh-huh. So that's the I story. I don't know so much about him. When he came out in the mid-90s, we, I'm from a small city in Sweden. My elder brother, they were doing rape parties. And we, we were, when we first heard Aphex Twin, became like obsessed with him. And this was before internet. Mm-hmm. But somehow someone got like, uh, like in someone got to internet and was able to find a picture of him like and it was like this bad print of it and we were all like is this Aphex Twin is this is actually Aphex Twin and we're like all this mythology around him but he is God and he made this song called Alberto Balsam which is like some kind of anthem for became an anthem for us all I guess
Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. Well, maybe we have time for one more one more pick to close out the set. What's the last the last jam, Reina? Mm. Well, I picked uh, one song with Tanya Ripdal, who's uh, yeah my god <laughs> in a weird way no, but he was like the first maybe my my first biggest like uh, influence when I started to play guitar was actually Mark Knopfler Mark <laughs> so that's because my mother listened to them a lot and cool and it was Hank Marvin in the shadows and Jimi Hendrix of course but then I discovered Terry Ripdal and he's a Norwegian musician and this song is earlier in his recording career, but it's still very much him. He's got this spooky, very Scandinavian sound to it. Which track are we going to It's called to? I Sing. I Sing? I Sing.
Thanks for coming to Freak Terrains today, Dunyan. It's been really lovely having you here and hearing some of your your favorite tracks. I feel like I know more about you guys now. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And enjoy the rest of your U.S. tour. Thank, Thank you, you very you. much. Thank you. Yeah. That was a wonderful interview with Dunyan, Rachel. Yeah, it was super fun. They're the nicest, the nicest. Yeah. And I love this track as bad music for this link. I feel like I'm like like a jazz show now. Yeah, very good send off. Um, you can catch them this weekend in San Francisco and LA and also playing in Santa Ana, I believe, at Beach Goth Fest. Beach Goth Fest? I think so. That's it's a festival called Beach Goth. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. I want to be there. Yeah, me too. We're not, we're not really beach goths, though. I mean, we're not on the beach right now. Or what now. is a beach goth, even? Black Speedos? Oh, we are beach goths then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you've seen my Black Speedo, right? Yeah, and you've seen mine. <laughs> this well, show just got personal. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a fun one. Thanks for listening out there. Team yeah. Freak Trains. Team Freak Trains. Um, we'll be back uh, November, God, November 4th, I believe, that Friday, for our next show. Um, as per usual, we are at East Village Radio every two weeks. And we hope you guys have a wonderful Halloween. We will be enjoying Pill and Container and Gorilla Toss and all the other freaks at Palisades Halloween night. If you guys don't have any plans, come through to that. Bring a costume or don't, you know, do your thing. Just have fun. Yeah, come through. And uh, thanks so much for our, all of our guests today, Pill, Andrew Kidman, Dunyan, and thanks to our, our producer, Max Reed, for putting this, helping us put this crazy thing together. Yeah. And thanks to East Village Radio. Shout out to Max for joining the team and helping us out today. It's great. Yeah. Uh, once again, this is Freak Trains. We represent Mexican Summer Anthology Recordings and the Freaky Freaky Nephew Software Recording <laughs> Company. Uh, and please, if you engage with the social platforms of the digital world, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mexican Summer and follow East Village Radio at EV Radio. We'll be back in November. Peace out, freaks. <laughs>